have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Got Till 5 Wrestling Podcast. My name is Max Curden. I'm joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Jesse. Never going to let you down, Benz. I'm here with Carrie and It's Got Till 5 after dark, Max. It is. It is. It's, uh, what do we normally do? Eight o'clock and it's, it's past our bedtimes. It's half past ten. We're recording. No, it's like later than that, isn't it? It's ten to eleven that we're recording. I feel naughty. <laughs> Well, let's see uh, Let's see what kind of naughty podcast things we can get up to this evening. Because we're continuing our series where we uh, invite some fellow podcasters on to talk about the wonderful world of wrestling. And uh, I'm very excited for this week's show because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a weird crossover event that we've not really done before. It's not in our usual remit, is it, Jesse? It's not, but I know our listeners, and I know a lot of them will really like this because um, these are two things that they seem to be very, very passionate about. It's true, and uh, you, you. I like you, that we, we sort of hold it off because, like, as if it's going to be a big reveal. But they've already read the title of this podcast, right? Before they press play, they know exactly what's coming. I think I should just start fucking with them and naming it something else. <laughs> And they're like, surprise. So uh, this week's episode, we are doing a co-partnership with uh, the podcast Ghosts of the Stratosphere, who do all the great comic book news and, and everything comic book related. And joining us from that podcast is Rob. So welcome, Rob, and thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks, guys. I'm so glad to be here. I love your show. Uh, I was listening uh, just yesterday, actually, to your top five NXT matches. And I want to say I'm here to steal your listener from Malta. <laughs> we, want, we want that fellow or or that lady if it is uh, we want to bring her on to the comic book side of things so uh you're gonna have less one less listener from malta going forward they're gonna be with us now <laughs> i think that's probably for the best in all honesty i think no i'm gonna i, I disagree with that like i'm gonna fight for this molten <laughs> i don't know what they're called maltese that's, that's a dog I'm gonna fight for this <laughs> i'm gonna fight for this maltese uh, this tasty chocolate circle I don't think they do. They have Maltesers in America. The dog? No, no. there's cho- chocolate. It's uh, like oh. it's chocolate balls that are like biscuity and crispy inside, and they're all chocolatey on the outside. They're they're an experience. Not that I'm aware of. I just know of the dogs. We'll get there a we care go. package to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and you can send a, a dog to us. Perfect trade. <laughs> there we go. Perfect Good trade. trade. Rob, tell us about your podcast and yourself. Uh, yeah, so we are the Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Our name tells you nothing about us, but we are a comic book podcast. We don't talk about ghosts or the sky. Uh, <laughs> we we started early 2018, and we do a bunch of different stuff on our show. We do read pals where we'll take comic books, new or old, and uh, anybody who's on our show will read it, and we'll give you our thoughts on it, and we'll give you grades. We play a lot of games, uh, like we've done quiz bowl shows where it's just a quiz. We've done episodes where... Uh, we play a version of Taboo, except instead of having words you can't say, we'll pull letters out of a Scrabble bag. So it's like, describe Superman, but you can't use the letter E in your description. Uh, we'll do things where we'll just come up with weird scenarios and stuff like that. So our show's all over the map. We do a whole bunch of other stuff. We do current events. Uh, not sure when this episode will be released, but in real time, this past weekend, we were at New York City Comic Con, so we just did an episode all about that, where we talked about our experience at the convention. Uh, so we do a lot of things, and then on our website, 
We have daily articles, and those are not specifically comic book related. They are all over the place, and I, in particular, do write a lot of wrestling stuff for our site because I am the longest-term wrestling fan of uh, Andy, Chad, and I. There you go. Your nice. podcast sounds way more fun than ours. I was about to say, we need to start watching our backs. These guys got it together. We yeah, do this... have lists on our show, too. We don't have a nice uh, top five theme like you guys do, but we occasionally do top tens or what have you. God damn. Jesse, he's going to take that listener. This is, he's, taking, he's taking our Malteser. He's taking our lists. It's all we've got is lists. <laughs> you're not enough without your lists <laughs> no it's uh, honestly a great podcast I really enjoy listening to it and your website is so good it's yeah, like that's all and designed and nice I know that's all Andy Andy does all of our technical aspects on anything and we've gone through a few different web designs and some were better than others but yeah the one we have now I do like and yeah, like I said, we have at least one new article a day, which is pretty snazzy. Uh, we have a bunch of people, even folks who aren't on our podcast, do some writing for us. So it's pretty nice. Nice. Give, give a quick plug so so people can, can have a look. I, uh, yeah, our website is at gotstratosphere.com. So just G-O-T stratosphere, like the abbreviation of ghosts of the, or like old milk commercials. And then uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at the same thing, Got Stratosphere. And uh, the podcast is on pretty much all your your podcatching apps. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's on TuneIn. It's on Apple, Google Play. Uh, we just got on Castbox. We've been on Stitcher. So you know all the devices to get podcasts on. And it is uh, Ghosts of the Stratosphere. There you go. And if you forget after you type the word "got," just type until five. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, that's all the best podcasts start with "got." Exactly, it's perfect. I, f- I feel like our social media has been made on Microsoft PowerPoint compared to <laughs> compared to this. It I'm, has just, been. I, I'm waiting for the little paperclip fella to come up and help me, <laughs> and he never comes. No. Uh, and you also, um, I saw on your Twitter, you do some kind of contribution work with four one one. Is that still still a thing? Yeah, I also write for four one one Mania. Um, I started off doing a lot of wrestling articles, but for the last several months i pretty much just do comic book reviews there but i have every so often i'll throw a wrestling thing on there if i if the the mood moves me a lot of times if i post any wrestling thing on our site i will cross post it there so if any of your fans do go to 411 mania uh they may have seen me there there you go lovely you, you there got we it go. all, all prepped all prepped exactly jesse so this week's episode you being um the perfect combination the perfect hybrid of wrestling and comic books it just made sense for us to look at the comparisons between wrestling and comic books and there's a lot there is i was i was making my list and i had a list up to like eight or nine and then i thought well it's only five so work this out so i combined some points that's fair that's fair well if at any point there's any crossovers like we say something of yours or you say something of ours you know feel free to swap that out curse us out in the meantime and uh, <laughs> yeah or just just strip to the waist and fight to the death yeah there, there's two <laughs> options for you I'm always i'm always a big fan of stripping to the waist i may do that anyway it's hard to say now it's a party it's after dark I mean, yeah i'm talking from the bottom up <laughs> Uh, forget AEW after dark. It's got till five after dark. <laughs> I love it. Right? Should we? Um, should we get prepped? Should we play the drop and then we'll uh, start talking top fives? Let's do it. Let's play the best drop you've ever. This is the best thing you've ever done with your life, making this drop, Max. Thank you for reminding me of that on a weekly basis. <laughs> five, four, 
Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. So you got all your fancy social media, Rob? I don't think you got that drop of you, no. We do not. We do not have anything as fancy as that. So no. we'll we'll give you some website tips and you give us some great audio intro tips. Done. We'll have a trade-off. We'll split everything up. I like this. Okay, so comic books and wrestling. This is exciting. And I've got to give a quick shout out as like the first kind of crossover. Now, one of the guys that I used to wrestle with, his gimmick is actually kind of a comic book character. He's the modern Marvel, Alan Carter. So he's very excited for this episode. So shout out to Al. I know he's listening to this one because uh, it's his dream world combined of comic book and wrestling. There we go. Didn't you also wrestle with a guy who um, was dubbed the autistic assassin? I did. Yes, I did. Oh, I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of a superhero as well, right? It is. And I feel like the name... So he had autism. He didn't go around assassinating autistic people. <laughs> and I feel like I would the, hope. the name got confusing to a lot of people who didn't know that. <laughs> Very strange. So uh, yeah, it's, it, wrestling's full of characters, and I think that's that's going to be the main takeaway from uh, from what we look at today. Now we always um, like to put pressure on our guests, so we always make the guests go first because we're terrible, terrible people. How's that sound to you? That sounds great. I thought it would. Now, just to give a little background, we had a quick chat. You said that SummerSlam '92 was your kind of introduction to wrestling. Have you kind of remained consistent with it? Or have there been any drop-off points? Oh, heavens no. I've been in and out so many times. I've done the same thing with comic books, though. I read for a while, then I stopped for a while, and then I came back. So, yeah, I started as, like, an 11-year-old with SummerSlam 1992 was the first wrestling event I watched. And then when I went away to college in 2000, 2001, I didn't have cable. So I was kind of out of the picture for a couple years. And whenever I got out of college, got an apartment, got cable again, it was around 2006, 2007 when I started watching SmackDown every week. Oof. And then, yeah, from there, it was a lot of just in and out, in and out. Okay. And and the current product, where are you at in the kind of current product? Um, I have the WWE Network. I watch the pay-per-views. I haven't watched a Raw or a SmackDown in a very long time. And again, I'm back at a point in my life where I don't have cable, so... I haven't started watching AEW, but I do have tickets to the AEW pay-per-view that's in Baltimore. So I'll be oh, going cool. to that. I'm oh, very amazing. excited to, to see AEW live. And I still watch NXT and the WWE pay-per-views. Perfect. I think that's what you really need, in, in all honesty, with you. Because we haven't watched Raw and SmackDown in I don't know how long. That's why our, our top fives get to a certain point and no further. Yeah, we don't I hear that... Uh, I hear that no one is missing anything by not watching Raw and SmackDown these days. No, not really. Not really. I don't want to be like a, a WE hater because you get a lot of flack for that. But uh, it is difficult to kind of sit down and watch five, six hours of, of that kind of television when you've got... You can't, be, you can't be a normal functioning adult and watch all the wrestling that's happening. No. Oh, heavens no. you got to pick your battles. Like, I, I struggled to get AEW in and a bit of NXT in my life so yeah it's it's mm-hmm. impossible it is so rob um kick us yes. off mate what's your number five 
All right, so none of these are really in any order. I can, there's not anything that kind of builds on this list. So I'm just going to start at my first one, and it is uh, it's starting off on a low and depressing note. Right. I have that both wrestling and comic books are both kind of dying in the 2010s. They're mm. both, they're both, I guess, entertainment mediums that kind of peaked in the 1990s. You had the comic book boom with X-Men number one and Superman dying. And you had the Attitude Era starting in WWF at the time. And it just got so popular. But ever since then, there's just been a slow falling out of favor with both. And I feel like whether you're talking WWE or Marvel and DC, both the big two companies in the comic book world, they don't seem to know who their audience is in the late 2010s. They... They both seem like they want to do some cross-appeal and reach out to a, a, a wider audience, but I don't know that either one really has that anymore. I feel like there is no casual comic book fan. There is no casual wrestling fan. There's pretty much just the diehard long-term fans whenever it comes to both. And yeah, this is so depressing. I'm talking about this because I love both <laughs> things, but it's just... You have comic books that constantly think like, oh, we're going to start over numbering and then we're going to bring in celebrities like Stephen King or J.J. Uh, Abrams. and They're going to write books and it's going to make us big with a broad audience, just like WWE says, oh, we're going to bring in Tyson Fury and, and we're going to bring in Ronda Rousey and it's going to get us big cross appeal. But whatever bump each each entertainment medium sees from that is so short lived and then you're just left with the people who didn't want that stuff to begin with, but have been with your product for the last 30 years. This is quite interesting, actually. So uh, the reason I think WE consistently missed the mark with this and like bringing in celebrities and trying to appeal to the mainstream whilst alienating their own audience is because they're run by a bunch of carnies, right? Essentially, <laughs> yeah. you've got like, yeah, Vince McMahon is in charge and he's an absolute carny. There's ca loads of carnies behind it all. So their perception of the real world is so different to ours. But ha not being someone that knows much about comic book writers and stuff, why do you think comic book writers miss the mark? I don't know if the writers are necessarily the problem. Although, if you read comics in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you had writers who were sticklers for continuity. You had guys like Kurt Busiek, for example, is a guy who just knew everything about comic book history and he would come on to a book and what he wrote was impacted by what happens before it. And I'm not saying the writers nowadays don't care about things that happened 10, 20 years ago, but it's kind of like wrestling, honestly, where there is only continuity when they want there to be. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, if they want you to remember what happened five years ago, they'll remind you. If they don't, they'll just overwrite it, and who cares? One of my favorite things about wrestling is like they expect you to forget what happened a couple of weeks ago if it didn't. If they want to like change tact, yet when they bring back an old legend and stuff, they're like, "Of course you remember like this wrestler from fifteen years ago. Why don't you remember <laughs> him? You're an idiot." <laughs> it is true, and and I think another point of that is. 
they also get so close to connecting with the audience and then they just seem to to screw it up like we recently realized their failings and they were like okay let's put the fans in charge and let's give them control and and that seemed to last all of like a couple of months before we were back to normal and i feel like the same thing happened in comic books when comics were becoming more popular based on whether it was more mainstream popularity of stuff like walking dead and all that kind of stuff that uh, people reading more dc and when they did the the new 52 launch from my standpoint that felt very much like uh okay we've got all of this, these new buyers let, let's hook them in with you know restarting the stories again so they can come in from the get-go but they dropped the ball with that as well Oh, yeah, the New 52 was a, a huge mess, and I don't know many people that liked it at all. But, yeah, I mean, that's just what it comes down to, is you have this weird dichotomy where it's, they don't know who they're marketing to anymore. And I feel like I have talked about that on our podcast about comic books, but Chad and Andy and I have talked about it off the podcast about wrestling, too, where it's the same thing, where it's, who is this product for? <laughs> Yeah. It, it, are you trying to target your, your families um, who, you know, are a massive part of, you know, the wrestling merchandise sales and tickets and all that kind of stuff? Or do you want to target your diehard 18 to 34 year old demographic who are probably your most loyal fan base, but also the most fickle? It, it's It's a weird balance between how can we make the most money, but also appeal to everyone. And it just doesn't work that way. You can't appeal to every single demographic. No, but they both try. God bless them. <laughs> that is very true. And hopefully they'll um, come up with something. Because I think you're right. It, it's Compared to how it was many, many moons ago, we're, we're not there anymore. Because me and Jesse have spoken before. Like People don't realize how impactful wrestling was in the 90s and early 2000s. Like You think wrestling is it's seeing a resurgence now. No, it was nothing compared to, you know, the Attitude Era, DX, the, you know, South Park parodying them. It was just everywhere um, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember the days where you couldn't go anywhere in the world in a mall. Oh, remember malls. Jeez. But anywhere <laughs> in the world and not see an NWO shirt or a Austin 316 shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, so NWO, like, when the NWO thing started, I wasn't a wrestling fan at that point. I was sort of too young to properly be into it, but I still saw those t-shirts everywhere, so I assumed it was, like, a clothing brand or something, do you know what I mean? But it's, <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous how widespread it was, that it just seeps into your consciousness, even if you have no idea where it's from. Very true. Okay, I think uh, I think we'll crack on with our number five now. Obviously, our comic book knowledge is uh, is not up there with yours, Rob, but uh, we can spot the similarities between the two. And I think uh, a good You're starting off You're more qualified point. than me, Max. I think in comic Ooh. books. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Jap- I'm a Japanese manga man. I read a lot of uh, manga, but I don't think that counts as proper comic books, does it? Oh no, that totally counts. That counts. Pictures us. with words. Just, yeah, it's they just are backwards. Backwards. Exactly, just the wrong way. Yeah, it's just like me. So I think an important one to kind of kick off with that, that I always like, and I'm going to c- combine two here because I think they do match up, is characters changing their identities. And another aspect is legacies and personas being passed down between wrestlers. And I'll start with the kind of characters changing identity kind of side of things. So obviously... Everyone knows Robin, you know, had a good good kind of run going as that. But when they wanted to make him a little bit older, a little bit cooler, he became Nightwing. 
and that was just a, a good transition for him to kind of move into his own element. You had the same with, wow, you can name so many that have kind of changed their character. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin is the prime example of this. Going from, what was he, Stunning Steve first of all, or was he the Ringmaster first? Uh, he was Stunning what? Steve before Ringmaster, yeah. Yeah, yeah if Ringmaster in WWF was first side there, he became Ringmaster. Um, yeah. And then so-called Steve Austin, he was studying Steve in WCW as part of the Hollywood Blondes with Pillman. Exactly. And you can have all of the... Uh, Kane's another one who has been so many different um, characters, but also so many different elements of himself. And I think you see that comparison a lot between comic books and wrestling. It's reinventing that character to keep him fresh. And maybe as you were saying in, in your main point there, Rob, of just like maybe it sparks interest and gets more mainstream interest going again, but it's a good way to keep the characters fresh. Yeah, no, there's a, a bunch of other characters I can think of. Uh, Superman for a period in the early 2000s kind of split into two electric versions of Superman, a red one and a blue one. So that was a weird thing for him captain america back in the 70s during watergate just gave up being captain america and became nomad for a while so oh yeah no that's totally a good one characters just change their identity or, or change their wardrobe and it's like oh i'm a different person now <laughs> exactly and i think another one i like is the legacies being passed down of characters um you're gonna have to give me more examples because i only know a couple but green lantern has obviously done a fair few of that um how how Jordan giving it to to Carl Rayner, um, and there was also ones with Miss Marvel, you know, passing down that mantle, and you see mm. a lot in wrestling as well, especially when it comes to Tiger Mask is I think the best example of that, and the majority of Mexican wrestling, you know, when a father or a, a family member retires, they pass down a mask and they pass down the the name and the legacy down to their their youngest to kind of carry on that that legacy of wrestling, and I think that's a really cool aspect as well, which i'd like to see more in kind of american western wrestling which would be obviously you don't want roman reigns to become undertaker part two <laughs> i think that'd be a bit weird but uh, he would he would not suit eyeliner reigns you don't think so i don't think he hasn't got the face or my face for eyeliner some dudes do roman does not <laughs> all right who would be your your um taker part two my taker part two based on um, eyeliner based, based on eyeliner alone um, Finn Balor can clearly um, pull off some beautiful makeup. Fair, fair. But he needs to, um, I don't know, he could, he could do it. I think it's in this new age of wrestling, we could have a five foot ten Undertaker sort of character, can't we? Yeah, why not? Let's let's be inclusive. That's, uh, that's, wow, that's another thing we can get to later that happens in comic books. But um, I, I think the passing down the mantle is very important. And Rob, you've probably got some better examples of that happening in comic books. Oh, no, you got some good ones there. With There's been a ton of Green Lanterns. Uh, yeah, Carol was Ms. Marvel, and now Kamala's Ms. Marvel. There's been a bunch of Flashes, uh, Barry, Wally, and Bart. Uh, a couple Spider-Mans now at this point with Peter and Miles, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple Hulks. Uh, Amadeus Cho was Hulk for a while. So, yeah, I mean, you could go on. And yeah, exactly. So it's... Uh it's a great tradition and it's something that definitely happens in lucha culture i would just like mm -hmm. to see it happen more generally in wrestling because I, I think it's a cool kind of trope to use now that'd be interesting i wonder if the fans would get behind it as much though i wonder if fans would see it as some kind of like you're just borrowing on somebody's legacy nowadays fans are fickle daniel bryan was always right about that we are <laughs> hard to gauge these things 
It's true. I don't think we're accustomed to it. Like, obviously, um, with Tiger Mask, there's been six different Tiger Masks at this point, and it's just kind of accepted. Um, I, even in Japanese wrestling, you could get away with it as well. But I think your standard kind of Western American wrestling probably wouldn't fly. But change is good. Let's try and bring it in. So, Rob, what's your number yeah. four, then? All right. So my next one, I actually kind of want to go, uh, you, you gave me an idea. My Ooh. next one was... If you get outside the mainstream, which is if you get outside WWE or if you get outside Marvel and DC, there is and has almost always been a dearth of talent on. This is what we think of this point because I specifically wrote, and Japan is a hotbed of di- different but equally awesome versions of each comic books and wrestling. It's not exactly what you're used to seeing here, but. It's just different, and it's amazing. You have uh, New Japan, obviously, in the, the world of wrestling, or all the different manga companies in the version of comics. And even if you take, even if you take one step beyond that, go back to the 90s, where you had ECW emerge as this strong number three, challenge to WWF and WCW, in the world of comic books, you had Image Comics, which was pretty much the same thing. This number three that was an independent, edgy alternative. Now, obviously, Image Comics is still going strong nowadays at ECW. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was the same thing. Almost at the same time, both these companies emerged as a third-level alternative to what, at the time, was the big two in each medium. And... Throughout both, great independent talent, whether it's independent comic creators or indie wrestlers like your Kevin Steens and your Prince Devitts, they'll get scooped up and absorbed right into the bigger companies. Although I will say, especially nowadays with comic books, that actually goes in reverse a lot. Uh, The guy who created The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, he actually wrote pretty much a doctrine. Uh, and Chad on on our show goes to the stratosphere is an expert of this and has brought this up before. But he wrote pretty much a doctrine that said, if you're a comic book talent, get your foot in the door nowadays at Marvel and DC, get your name out there, then go into the independent field and start creating your own things. Because it's the same thing in wrestling. Like if you come into WWE, they they do it less nowadays, but they used to give you an identity. And if you tried to leave, they would say, well, we own that. That's ours now. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Marvel and DC. Whatever writers created for them, the writer couldn't take anywhere because Marvel or DC would say, well, we own this. Yes. It doesn't matter that you did all the work on it. It's ours now. Well, you look at, but you're right. You look at like Cody Rhodes, someone like that, and who's now invented AEW. We only know who Cody Rhodes is because of WWE and the name he made there. Yeah, absolutely. So that might be something just like the Kirkman Doctrine in comics. Maybe that'll be something that happens now with wrestling where people that have made their name in WWE will now move on to AEW. I mean, it happened a little bit with uh, Lucha Underground with John Morrison going there and yeah. uh, PJ Black. Yeah, and they and they built a promotion around it. And yeah, Jesse's right. You're seeing it in AEW guys like Sean Spears, who was Ty Dillinger, who was just background extra for on WETV for a couple of years. Is okay. He's not getting win after win, but he's still put in in high profile situations. And your, your draws are guys like John Moxley. I know he started on the independence, but 
for me personally, like I knew the name John Moxley, but I didn't know any of his work before he came to WE, and that's what solidified me as a fan. So it makes sense, yo. Get yourself on that platform, make that name, and and then go make money on the independence. It seems that's the yeah, way where wrestling's you have going. More freedom. Yeah. yeah. And it's what they all want at the moment. And I imagine it's the same for, you know, working for Marvel and DC, you have very strict this is what you've got to follow. Whereas when you go on to the independence, as you say, you've got creative freedom to, to create what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And even um, I kind of correlated here uh, WWE and DC Comics in particular because they both saw the success of an independent market, saw that fans wanted something different than what their main brand was offering. And WWE came out with NXT where C back in the 80s came out with their Vertigo line, where it was kind of like this separate but still owned by the daddy company thing where they could do different things and appeal to a more hardcore audience without, you know, alienating little kids at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So just another little point that I, whenever I was coming up with this list and I thought, oh, that's interesting because both big companies did this where they created this little umbrella thing and said well this is different but we hope you like it <laughs> if it works it works i guess <laughs> but i think that's a good approach and you know independent comics are huge uh, i used to read a lot of um what was the main one i used to read image comics like i was a massive fan of image comics that was kind of mm. like my main bread and butter that i used to read um obviously loved dc but it was always uh image with like chew and stuff that really kind of got me in and kept me hooked over the years yeah i know um chad again going back to joseph the stratosphere loves chew he's such a, a big good fan comic. of that uh, there's a, a book that Image does called Sex Criminals, mm. which is really great if you ever get a chance to read that. I feel like I could relate to that one. <laughs> it's uh, it's about these two characters who have this weird superpower that whenever they climax, time stops. And so they decide they get to they get together and they both have this power and like it always works separately for them growing up. But now they realize they can you know do it together and they use it to rob a bank amazing so so they rob a bank but in order to make time stop they have to both jerk off together like they're in boarding school yep amazing (laughs) and they gotta finish finish at the same time (laughs) which is which is the least realistic part of this comic book (laughs) imagine if they had stage fright though they're just in the bank just beating it off (laughs) just give us a minute just give us a minute in their mouth lovers. Yeah. Pants, <laughs> pants down to the ankles. <laughs> I'm 100% sold on this comic. I'm finding it immediately after this. Absolutely check it out. It's by uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zadarsky. We love it. It's a great book. Oh, image. Never change. Never change. <laughs> so That's a solid number four. Um, our number four, or my number four, Jesse's just agreeing to this as I go oh, along. Just along for the ride, baby. <laughs> You're just here for masturbation jokes, aren't you? <laughs> just sure, we are. So. <laughs> it's true. Um, I wanted to put this early in the list because I don't think it's um, as imperative, but it's very cool when it does happen. And I think it's always a cash grab when they want to do it, both in wrestling on- and comic books, is crossovers and fantasy matchups. Because... When you've got crossovers in, say, for example, comic books, they're always the most ridiculous pieces you've ever read in your life. Like um, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had a crossover. That's amazing. 
right? How how does that even happen? Um, does Batman like pizza? Did we learn this? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't dedicate a whole book to it. Um, that's the most important detail that I want from that crossover. <laughs> I like that I could have led with like Superman and Spider Man, but I was like, no, I'm just uh, going to no. go straight in. And also, Batman and Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like. Um, uh, oh, fucking hell, I've forgotten his name. I feel like Batman's butler and the rat that trained Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would get on like fire. <laughs> they both <laughs> kind of live in caves and underground. They, they've got so much in common. Yeah, that. yeah they're, they're so put upon by their charges. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but they just get on with it. They never complain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, get writing. I'll do it. I'm scribbling. I'm just, I haven't got any paper, so I'm just clawing it into my forearm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you have crossovers in wrestling as well. Um, obviously, the best one in recent memory is Jushin Liger versus Tyler Breeze. That was weird. Do you remember that, that takeover? Weird. That was weird. Um, and you also get stuff where New Japan and Ring of Honor have crossovers, um, TNA and, and AAA. You know, the companies that you don't expect to kind of come together have, have kind of given you these kind of crossover matches. And you know you're not getting a long storyline out of it. You know you're not getting anything meaningful but it's just cool to go yeah that's awesome to see see that happen and you also have that when it comes to dream matches the famous argument is always you know batman versus superman and who would win in a race between superman and the flash and all that kind of stuff and when you get to wrestling as well you have stuff like what would happen if john cena fought hulk hogan or austin fought cm punk it's it's always those kind of fancy matchups that i think a lot of wrestling fans kind of revert back to to same as comic book fans they have that kind of argument of who would win and all that kind of stuff both made up and make believe but we still like to debate it anyway well it is oh, it yeah. is it is made up and make believe but the I was about to say that like but even though wrestling is made up and make believe there's still an element of reality that prevents you from it actually happening like for like I don't know um, Eddie Guerrero will never be able to wrestle um CM Punk or whatever do you know what I mean because Eddie Rowe is dead, <laughs> and um, but yeah. like, but in uh, but in comic books, no one's dead or alive unless you say so. Because it's you can completely you can actually deliver for the fans, which you can't do with wrestling. Yeah, exactly. It's that um, you can draw it, you can make it happen, and you can solve that what if. But yeah, wrestling. There's so many dream matches that have gone gone by the wayside that we'll, we'll never really see so I, I think crossovers and fancy matchups are such an integral part of both elements like crossovers to sell tickets and to sell issues and fancy matchups that uh, keep people talking and kind of have that what would be your um, idea for, for the record before uh, we get tweets and stuff yes Eddie Guerrero and CM Punk did have a match in Ring of Honor once years ago I know that <laughs> So, so leave me the fuck alone, everyone. Don't send any messages. This is how... I could feel their fingers going already, do you know what I mean? I this was actually not bad. aware of that, so I, yeah. I have to find that match if it's available somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Eddie Guerrero was sacked for being a druggie from WE, right. and he was, he was like an independent wrestler for about a year in 2002 or something, and um, had a match with CM Punk at Ring of Honor in that time. There you go, because this is how much abuse we get when we get stuff wrong on this podcast. People are immediately on us because it's such a 
controlling thing and i imagine you have the same with comic books if like you get an issue wrong or you get something they're just like they're on it and they know oh god yeah no it's the worst i i actually have in my life i visited a lot of the battle boards where it's like you know who's gonna win in a fight superman or four and it's people are people are diehard about that man people care about those things more than they care about anything in their lives oh yes <laughs> well i was gonna ask uh for both of you what would be your kind of fantasy matchup your ideal fancy matchup. Wrestling, wrestling or comics? comics. Yeah. Um, you can pick or you can do both. Your choices. What about a wrestler against a comic book character? Oh, interesting. <laughs> cool, you go first, Rob. Well, there was a Marvel Comics Presents, wasn't there, where Hulk fought the Incredible Hulk? Amazing. Yes. Yeah, there was. I think it was uh, the Incredible Hulk was just getting so... It's so funny, too, because like Hulk Hogan was wrestling a match and it's just this five or six page story and... Uh, the Incredible Hulk goes to the arena and he's mad at this guy besmirching the name Hulk. So he just literally throws him <laughs> into another state. That's awesome. <laughs> but didn't that kind of reflect real life, though? If I'm remembering the story correctly, um, WWE actually had to pay Marvel for the rights to the Hulk name because when Hogan came out, first of all, he started calling himself the Incredible Hulk Hogan. And Marvel were like, well, that's not on. That's not okay. And WWE had to actually form a deal with uh, with Marvel to, to kind of keep that relationship going. I believe that's the case. I've never heard the specifics on it, though, but I have at least heard that, you know, that is the situation. Yeah, so could have been a... It would be great if uh, Hulk Hogan painted himself green, wouldn't it? I mean, it's a perfect <laughs> rip-off with his, like, shirt ripping and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, clearly, that's, that's not- where it's come from. As for my fantasy match, I now that I've thought of one... There was a brief period of time where I thought it might happen, but I really wanted CM Punk and Daniel Bryan to be the modern day rock in Austin where they had like three WrestleMania main events against each other. And then yeah, obviously Punk left and that didn't end up happening. But I really thought like, man, I could just I could just see these guys being they both had a world title belt for a period in time. And it's like, yeah, just give me a couple WrestleManias of these two main eventing against each other. And then it never happened. They could have had a real sort of Brett and Sean feel about them. Couldn't yeah, they? absolutely. I mean, they were they were designed for that. And uh that's why it's fantasy booking, though, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jesse, what about you? Um, well, if we're talking comic book characters versus wrestlers, it would obviously be the Four Horsemen against the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, right? Uh, yeah, I, I can picture old Arn Anderson switching teams. Arn Anderson spinebuster in Leonardo. <laughs> Breaking his shell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Michelangelo having a woo off with Ric Flair. Yeah. I mean, it, it writes itself. Uh, <laughs> There's bit uh, number two for you, mate. Yeah. Splinter and JJ Dillon on the outside. <laughs> oh, uh, but is... re- real wrestling wise, uh, my matchup has always been Chris Benoit versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, of course, we had to get Benoit uh, in here. Fair. Shocker. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, Benoit comes up every week, Rob. Uh, it's basically. <laughs> I just oh like, yeah, I've, I've heard. I like, yeah, I like I like punishing myself out of this, as he did. <laughs> uh, all right, I gotta go. So thanks, thanks for having me. He's like never released this. I'm not part of this. Uh, solid choice. What about you, Rob? What about uh, comic book versus wrestler? Oh geez, comic books. I could go all over the place. Uh, I I just love so many characters. Um, I would like to see maybe. 
a Green Lantern versus Thor or Green Lantern versus Magneto from the X-Men. Okay, okay. I think that would be pretty interesting with their different power sets and they're both characters that can kind of survive in space and have a almost cosmic level power. So yeah, I think those would be really interesting. Anytime they do any Marvel DC crossovers, Thor gets put up against Superman and usually Green Lantern's against like Quasar or Iron Man or something. So they never cross paths, but I don't know. I've just always liked the idea of like this uh, angry Viking Thor versus an uh, interstellar policeman Green Lantern. Yeah, I uh, think interstellar wrestling is uh, is what's really missing from bringing that mainstream audience in. <laughs> I think that's what we need. <laughs> Are you familiar with a manga, Rob, called One Punch Man? I know of it. I've never read it, but yeah, I know what it is. Uh, it's brilliant, but um, that would be my comic book fantasy thing would probably be One Punch Man against Superman because Superman's obviously invincible, but One Punch Man, there's yet to be, no, there's no one he can't take down with one punch. So I don't know what yeah. would happen if he was confronted with Superman. Well, here's what you need to know about Superman in comic books. Superman always wins, no matter <laughs> <Yes>. what, <laughs> whether the situation seems like it deserves it or not, he's going to win. He's the Roman Reigns of comics. He is. He one hundred percent is. <laughs> You're kind um, of actually spoiling my next point. Damn it! Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next. I don't know where we're at. Are we on number three? Is it you, me? I've, I've lost count. Uh, I don't know which. I think it was. Yeah, I think it's your number three, Rob. Oh yes, because I did crossovers. So yes. yes, number three with you, Rob. All right, so I'm actually going to jump to this one then, since we brought it up, and one of my accent. Or one of my points, maybe I'm wording this wrong, but I have it as old, tired acts constantly get the main event over newer and fresher <laughs> characters. Whereas in comic books, when they have big crossovers, and especially nowadays with Marvel, I mean, you know the stars of the crossovers, the characters who save the world are going to be Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man. And back in the 90s, it was always the X-Men. Like... These are companies, Marvel and DC, that have a huge roster of characters. But anytime something big happens, it's like, all right, it's going to be the Avengers, it's going to be the Justice League, and that's all there is to it. And it's just like that in comic books or in wrestling, where when you get to the main event of the big show, you're going to see John Cena, or you're going to have seen Hulk Hogan, you're going to see Roman Reigns. Like, they have tons of mid card guys that people love doesn't matter because superman has to save the day or roman reigns has to spear someone that has to be how it ends because that's their comfort food that's their linus blanket yeah i think that's that's 100 percent correct and really <laughs> sad when you put it like that <laughs> <laughs> i don't necessarily think it's bad i i mean i will cop to being a huge superman fan i love the character of superman but it's He's written poorly enough that you know every time something comes along, it's like, oh no, it's a big evil guy. I bet Superman punches him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Um, and do you think that comes down to the fans, though, of just wanting the same old? Because we all do it in wrestling as well. Like, you've seen it recently on, on Raws and stuff. Like, The Rock is back for SmackDown on Fox. You know, they, they can't rely on their current talent to, to sell those tickets and get those viewerships for what they need. So it's like, let's bring in Rock, let, who's, you know, the four of the wrestling world. Let's bring him in. Uh, same for Stone Cold Steve Austin. He came out and did a promo with um hogan and austin you know so it's they, they need those name draws to to bring people back in otherwise I, they just can't rely on the current state of what we've got 
I think it goes back to my original point where the audience just isn't there. And so in almost a panic button kind of way, whether it's WWE or Marvel DC, they don't know anything better than to go back with what they think has always worked. And that's not necessarily, it's not the newer characters or the newer wrestlers fault that the attitude era ended. And then Chris Benoit put a stigma on wrestling for so long. Like it's not the younger characters in comic books fault, like young justice or the runaways or the new warriors. It's not their fault that the comic book industry is dying and nobody's reading a $5, 20 page book. I mean, but the companies, all they see is the bottom line and they think, oh, well, we can't try anything different. So let's just go with what has always worked. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the the state at the moment. Um, I, I know the Saudi Arabia show doesn't count because it's just rich Saudi Arabians booking their WE PlayStation games. But the <laughs> fact that you've got Team Hogan versus Team Flair is just baffling to me yeah like it's 2019 how are we still doing hogan and flair stuff yeah and i was so scared that they were actually building for those two having a match because i wasn't going to put it past <laughs> saudi arabia the way that promo was going between the two i was like oh god they're actually doing it this is it this is when <laughs> we dies <laughs> but well, you did would I, in. I would shoot in <laughs> Am I alone in having just read something this week that Hogan wants a retirement match at WrestleMania? And it's like, no, guy, no, you can't do that. Yeah, no, I read that as well. Yeah, um, but that would be hilarious. I don't know, but it's a weird one because we're talking about sort of how um, oh, we have to get these big names in to make people tune in. But you know what? If if Hulk Hogan had a WrestleMania match, I'm fucking tuning in. I know it would be terrible, but I want to see that shit. <laughs> It's true, it's true. And it's Hogan, so all he has to do is three punches, a big boot, and a leg drop. It's not like yeah. the guy's flipping and, about. And he the holds place. his hand to his ear. Don't put him down. He's got more to him than that. <laughs> so you don't I think have... they're going to have Corbin retire him? Ooh, yeah, get, get him a streak going. He, he Corbin is such a weird one to kind of like retire Kurt Angle and, and have this whole... They, they really want him to succeed, don't they? Like, they really do, want him to. Is... He has gotten a lot better to his credit. Oh, yeah. Like, he's better in the ring. He's better with his character now. But it's it's hard to wash off the fact that, like, just I have years dating back to NXT of being trained not to care about him. Yes. Yeah. And he's just got the saddest tummy in the world. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they put a t-shirt how, on that now. And yeah. how is it that he shaved his head and looks worse? He shaved <laughs> his head and I was like, oh, God, you need your hair back. Yeah, it was two years of chanting shave your head than he did. It was like, grow it back. <laughs> <laughs> the only time that's ever happened. He's he's the one wrestler that doesn't look good bold. Like No, not I, at all. I, okay, so there's two. There's him and Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, that was real depressing. Like people talk about like, oh my childhood. Seeing Shawn Michaels with no hair just murdered the twelve year old inside yep, me. That was the childhood yeah, death. Because oh, it was fine when he was thinning a bit on top, but uh yeah, that that was the Final nail in the coffin. I still haven't watched that Saudi Arabia match when he came back. So technically, in my canon, that never happened. Smart. You <laughs> never that's for that the issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you and me were watching WrestleMania that one year, Jesse and Brett came back to fight Vince McMahon. I left the room for 20 minutes because I just refused to acknowledge that that was happening. Oh, that was the worst match. That was yeah. the best match to ever miss. Yeah, Max Max is such a big Bret Hart fan that he didn't want he knew it would be shit, so he just left the room and sat in my kitchen and rocked for about twenty minutes. <laughs> is it over, guys? Is it over? <laughs> it isn't happening. It isn't happening. 
I was expecting you guys to be mean and call me back for like a shitty sharpshooter or something just to like really dig no, it no, in. No, we totally, you know what? Like we were cruel to each other when we were kids, but there's certain things that you have to respect and that was one of them. Most definitely. Okay, number three for us then. Um, I feel like an important comparison is the ideals that the characters create. So you can compare... Uh, characters to each other quite easily from wrestling to comic books. And I think the prime example of this is like your Captain America is your John Cena. They they both have that kind of character element to them. And I find it interesting when they kind of reinvented John Cena, obviously not to the extreme because Captain America was created, was it before World War II or just afterwards? Mid-World War II. He Mid-World was created in the early 40s, like uh, 41 or 42. And he was the symbol of, like, American hope in the war and, you know, something to kind of rally behind and for, for kids to read and, like, hey, that's a cool soldier and, and everything like that. Um, Why didn't we ever get a Captain England? There's a Cap... There's, to- there's totally a Captain Britain in comics. Is there? <laughs> there absolutely is Captain Britain. Brian does he, does he look Does he look like Captain America, but all you need Jackie with goofy teeth? Yes. <laughs> 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 Not the teeth, but the, the costume is very Captain America-esque. Amazing. Just teeth and like, a, he's got a little holster on his belt that holds a cup of tea in it. <laughs> he just he just goes up to all the American characters and doesn't understand why they don't have kettles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and there's also a, like a Captain Canada as well, isn't there? Uh... His got- name isn't that. His name is Vindicator. But yeah, he has like the his costume is a red and white maple leaf. That's yeah. it with the shield and. Yep, <laughs> I love that costume. It, it's so good. It's so good. Awesome. Where, where Captain Britain's cup of tea is, that's where he keeps his maple syrup. Captain. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he just apologizes to the bad guys until they surrender. <laughs> Punch him in the face. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> You have to apologise to our Canadian listeners now, Jesse. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, they're all right. I love you, you beautiful Canucks. We don't stereotype here. I love everyone from the stone Jamaican to, to, to the rude French. I love everyone. I'm glad you haven't got any multi stereotypes. Can't lose that one. Uh, but anyway, my point was that obviously Captain America was brought around during uh, the war to kind of inspire. And I found it interesting with John Cena when like America was um, occupying Iraq and John Cena was the, the military style character with his, you know, camo gear and always out there for the troops. And it was kind of that a, a bit of a like I WE was obviously doing it to, you know, support your troops and that kind of thing. But it just made them it was a good press thing wasn't it that they were using it for oh yeah absolutely but look it was how a, patriotic we are exactly like we've got john cena who's the american hero and i just always find that interesting when they kind of during the occupation of iraq he had that soldier gimmick and the minute that ended it went back to okay now we need john cena to appeal to the kids which brings me back to my original point of rebranding to fit whatever is is kind of needed um for going on but you you can compare a lot of famous um comic book to to wrestlers um help me out with some as as my mind goes blank here but if you have people like i don't know whether you'd put undertaker or steve austin as batman Boy, I don't know. I would almost go with Ric Flair as Batman. 
He Ooh. plays dirty. He doesn't seem to have the physical attributes over anybody else, but he uses his cunning to get by everyone. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. See, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, I like that. Ric Flair has the horsemen. Batman has all the Robins and Batgirls. So they've all got their little click to help them out. Ric Flair's got the girls, that's for sure. He's yeah, got that covered. Wayne, Rick, yeah, it's right there. There we go. There's Flies around one. in jets and limousines. That's it. Bruce Bruce Wayne is like a jet flying, wheeler dealer, <laughs> kiss stealing son of a gun. <laughs> Absolutely. Could you imagine him taking down people and then just wooing? Just in his cow. <laughs> He'd be like, woo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Christian Bale Bennett. Whoa! Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I need to redub the Dark Knight movie now. <laughs> See what happens. Uh, but I think there's so many. You've got like Million Dollar Man is your Lex Luthor, and um, I saw somewhere someone comparing Sami Zayn to Spider Man with like the the scrappy underdog attitude. Okay, that's uh, okay. Fair. NXT Sami Zayn. Certainly. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely not, not now. No. Just Spider-Man not getting booked for any any fights or any Avenger <laughs> things. Just jobbing out to everyone. <laughs> Poor Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. Oh, oh yeah, like Spidey's Sam. the best. Yeah. You still haven't watched the um, Into the Spider-Verse, Jesse? No, I haven't. I need to. I've heard amazing things about it. Do you enjoy it, Rob? Have you said it? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it was amazing. I I went into it for the podcast. I remember not wanting to see it going in. And like within half an hour of sitting in the theater, it was like, well, I was really wrong. <laughs> nice. That's yeah, an A-plus movie. There's supposed to be loads of, well, you both know you've seen it. There's loads of um, references to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, right? Which to me yes. are just like, to me are the peak of um, of cinema. <laughs> I think I'm not even going to limit it. I think um, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films are fucking brilliant. Yeah, they have flashbacks. Uh, not so much flashbacks, but I guess scene cutaways of one of the universe's Spider-Mans doing the train stop and then making fun of the the dancing from Spider-Man 3. And he says, that was a dark time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I do need to see this. Yeah, Will, uh, let's, let's watch it. I know you've already seen it, Max, but I'd like to watch it with you. So oh, next time you're down, let's watch it together. Happily, happily. But uh, yeah, so that's my number three, number two. Can't remember now, but... Uh, number three, that was. Number three, yeah. but yeah. The, the ideals of wrestling and... And uh, comic books, they just seem to marry up perfectly and they, they fit a narrative for what they need at the time. Yeah, that's actually similar to my number two. I'll jump into where there is a very classic good versus evil dynamic in both. Like with wrestling, obviously, you've got your baby faces and your heels and your Ted DiBiase's versus your Hulk Hogan's. And then comic books is also obviously you've got good guys, you've got the Justice League, and then you've got the Masters of Evil or the Injustice League. And in both, although a lot more frequently in wrestling, you've got your heel and your baby face turns. Like with wrestling, that goes without saying people change alliances all the time. But in comic books, you have Jason Todd, who was the second Robin, and he ended up becoming a kind of a vigilante bad guy as the Red Hood. Or just two years ago, Doctor Doom, of all people, became a good guy. Just because, you know, it, it throws everything into a loop whenever you just have these characters change and it happens all the time. And I think the point about all this, and I have used this term to describe both comic books and wrestling to people when they're like, well, why do you like this? Why do you read comics? Why do you watch wrestling? And I say, they're both kind of a soap opera for, I don't know, men? 
I'm not that women can't enjoy comic books or wrestling, but like at least for the 90s and stuff, they were certainly more geared towards men and or teenagers in that they they wrap stories around engaging conflicts and larger than life characters who are embroiled in drama. And actually, that's another I I guess I'm going to make this my 2A is that they've both taken an industry which has been male dominated, teenager dominated for so long and within the last 10 years or so have done uh, a substantial job of reaching out to women, reaching out to minorities and being more inclusive, which is very admirable on both their parts. And it's great to see. It's, it's always been that kind of like WE is, as you say, a soap opera, good versus bad. There's never been a change in dynamic there. Like, oh, every now and again, you get a good guy, good guy, but you also get that in comics. And it's, it's just morality, isn't it? That that's all it ever plays off. And it's, oh yeah, yeah, boo. Yeah. It's, it's (laughs) just that back and forth, really. Mm -hmm. I like, I like the comic books as well. Um, There's a sort of ever rotating cast of villains against the one good guy, right? Oh, that's the way WE always book, whether it's Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, or John Cena, or Roman Reigns. It's just, it, the, the main thing's always focused on their their journey, the main face's journey, and you're just getting a, a different feud every month with a different heel, but that heel then goes off and does something that isn't as much of a big deal for the following months when this hero is taking on villain after villain. Yeah, definitely, because in comics you'll have for four issues in a row, Spider-Man's fighting Electro, and then he gets rid of Electro, and then for five issues he'll fight Dr. Octopus. So yeah, it's the same thing where it's, you know, two pay-per-views in a row of Roman Reigns fighting Bray Wyatt, and then he has to move on to the, the villainy of Dean Ambrose. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, and by the way, you describing um, wrestling as like a soap opera for men, I've always described it as a redneck anime. <laughs> That is also fair. <laughs> that is also that very fair. Everyone, Hulk Hogan powered up like Goku. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just stood there and grunted, and then he was more powerful. <laughs> it's why the um, the South Park episode on wrestling is one of my favorite analogies of, of wrestling ever, where that you have all the the South Park rednecks watching and they're literally just putting on basically a play. They're not really doing any wrestling. They're just promoing and going into more and more ridiculous storylines as as it goes on and people get more and more invested. And I think the (laughs) South Park nailed that aspect so well. They took his job. (laughs) They took his job. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just fantastic. Excellent choice. Uh, My number two, I'm going a bit modern in terms of... um, similarities and i think that's where we've seen the kind of women's revolution and diversity push in both wrestling and comic books because i think we can all be honest here that both wrestling and comic books haven't always been the most inclusive and a little bit sexist over the years was that fair to say oh yeah oh yeah yeah, definitely and the 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 fans are the worst (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) although i will say to their credit wrestling fans do seem much more welcoming of the women's revolution and you've got the good comic book fans who are happy to see like oh captain marvel got her own movie oh black panther got his own movie but man there are just so many so many assholes (laughs) just ruining everything for everyone I've always had a theory about this, and it, less so now, but maybe I'm talking sort of late 90s, early 2000s, and it's very stereotypical of wrestling and comic book fans, your average wrestling and comic book fans. But things like, there's certainly in wrestling, like, do you remember when the Dudleys first started WWE, and 
um, Bubba Ray went through a phase of like just power bombing women through tables all the time. Oh yeah. And then uh, after he'd done it, he'd sort of have this glazed look on his face, like he's just ejaculated basically. And <laughs> it's, but it, but I feel like and the fans would like yeah you know he'd grab like Trish Stratus and slam her through a table and the fans would be like fuck yeah they'd be really excited by it and it's because they're all these sort of incel sort of fans that hate women hate hot women and it's the same reason that they watch aggressive porn and things like that because they just hate women and like to see them in pain because they feel rejected by them on a daily basis do you think there's an element of that sneaking into the comic book fandom as well Oh, I 100% think that. I think that is a perfect way of putting it. I think there are people that, oh, I, I, I couldn't have gone on diatribes about this, but they're, they're just the worst. Just the worst. <laughs> well, it, but no, I, I 100% that's how I, I 100% think that's how you how they feel because they're they just see this and they're so imaginary oppressed inside their head, and that's like you said, they see something like that and they're like, yeah, that's what they deserve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's, yeah, it's such a, a weird group mindset to kind of have. Like, obviously, we're not saying this for all comic book and wrestling fans. Oh, heaven. Th- there is no, the good I, out I, there. A division of them, yeah. A division of them. And it's interesting to, to kind of get your take on that, Rob, because obviously, yeah, in, in the women's side of things in, in wrestling, the women's revolution has been very well received. And it, it's something that the fans are actually calling upon. They, they got on the bandwagon and they wanted to do it. And you've seen it recently with, with comic books where you've got like Female Four and Iron man and just um classic male characters being reimagined from a female perspective was that not well received at all it goes through moments and like i said it's i i i definitely believe it's a very vocal minority i don't think anywhere near the majority of of fans feel that way but yeah there was 100 percent a uh a sentiment that still exists where it's like, oh, Marvel is just SJWs because they have a, they invent, they created Ironheart and then they created, yeah, like you said, uh, Jane Foster is Thor. And there was a picture and it was the stupidest controversy, but there were a bunch of female writers and, and maybe some uh, artists at Marvel who got together and went out and got milkshakes together. And they just took a picture of themselves all sitting there drinking milkshakes and it, somehow became a thing online where it was like all oh, these stupid women who shouldn't even be writing comics and it's like god just just go away that is go away. baffling let us have nice things <laughs> it all, it all, but it all, it all comes from a place of like I was just saying you know, it all comes from a place of they don't deserve it I do sort of thing do right. you know what I mean yeah yeah that's which, which is obviously correct yeah I deserve oh, yeah, it. No. I sit in my mum's basement just typing on forums <laughs> while they're actually creating this amazing art. <laughs> and yeah, but I think it kind of helps to highlight these people so that they can be, you know, called out on their bullshit that they're doing. And because and you see a lot in wrestling now, like if someone starts chanting or yelling something derogatory towards a woman, I'd like to say that 90% of the time, the fans around them will jump in on it and be like, that's not cool. You need to shut up right now. And compared to how it used to be, um, even 2006 era, you know, like when Lita and all this stuff was happening, just fans chanting like "you're a whore" and all of this stuff at her when she was at ringside, and it's just like, come on, man, you're better than that. Yeah, the and like I said, I think everything is vocal minorities, but just in the world of wrestling, 
there does seem to be a more progressive attitude across the fan base as a whole because you go online and you don't read much about like, oh, I wish they'd stop putting all these women in matches. People are like, yeah, Becky's awesome. Sasha's awesome. Shayna's awesome. But yeah, I mean, you just have this sentiment in, in, in comic books that's just a little bit more virulent and uh, it's the pits. Yeah. What about from a, a diversity angle then? Because obviously um, in comics as well, we're seeing a lot more like LGBTQ and people of color taking up mantles. Uh, even saw it in the, the most recent uh, Marvel movie where, you know, Sam Wilson is now Captain America. Um, and who did Green Lantern become? It, it was like, um, was there an Arab Green Lantern? Because I remember there was like a news there story. Was, uh... I don't know if his name was Simon or Simone, but his name was Simon Baz, as far as I know. But yeah, there was a he was Arabic. Yes, and I remember that uh, that took up the news. I remember being on BBC and they were like, "They've made Green Lantern Arabic," and it's like, "Cool, that's great." And I think WE is finally getting to, to that point because early nineties, two thousands, the the Japanese wrestlers were always either just fed as jobbers or they were part of comedy skits or they were very stereotypical Asian characters to the music and, and the way they acted. But now we're seeing people like um, Shinsuke and Asuka and Hideo starting to like come out and be more prevalent and, and being pushed to that, um, that forefront. I think WWE's got a longer way to go in terms of um, that side of things when it comes to kind of people of color and um, LGBT issues, but uh, they are trying and they're a lot better than they were 10, 15 years ago. They are, but I have a question. Are you trying to tell me that not all Japanese people are sumo wrestlers who don't look Japanese at all? (laughs) (laughs) This is is brand new information to me. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've long had a theory and I've yet to see it disproved that um, there's something, you know how, like if you're in Australia, right, the water runs the wrong way in the tap, like because of I've the heard. side of the world you're on. Yeah, so I think something like that happens in Japan, where concussions just don't exist. <laughs> it's true. And, they uh, all get dropped on their head, like on a daily basis. All these wrestlers, and they just get up. Not only do they get up, they kick out at one, <laughs> then they get up and <laughs> scream. <laughs> I, I think my favorite example of that is when Hiromu was wrestling. Uh, they did a New Japan show in California, and it was him versus Dragon Lee. And Hiromu got like Dragon suplexed onto the top of his head, and it and it broke his neck. But he sprung up, right. obviously still yeah. thinking he was in Japan. Carried on wrestling the match, went to the back, collapsed, and they're like, "Yeah, you broke your neck." And I could just imagine his confusion, being like, "But." I, I normally land on my head. I, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I always land. <laughs> which which of the six times I landed on my head did that happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, that's uh, one that I want to see evolve. You know, it, it, it's a comparison that's happening, and I think it, it, it's happening in in both sides. And it needs to be better. It's getting there, but it needs to be it's better. It's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to weed out the the scumbags. Yeah. And both are both are trying their hardest, and they're both just ignoring those people, thankfully, and not catering to them. Exactly. So, if you're listening and you're one of those fans, just be a better person. Yeah, just strive. Just strive a little bit. Don't unsubscribe. (laughs) 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 Oh dear. So, are we at uh, number one? I believe so. Yes. It's your main event, Rob. (laughs) <laughs> it's the main event with the last point I thought of, but I thought it was a funny <laughs> one because it does actually correlate well, where in comic books, 
And in wrestling, you see the advent of these monster characters that they get built up for a big event, a main event, if you will. And they have their big moment, and then they just kind of mysteriously fall away over time. And the biggest examples I thought of here were in comic books, you have Doomsday and Bane, who both came out in the early 90s, and Doomsday killed Superman, and Bane uh, crippled Batman. And then since then, they haven't really done anything. They're just background characters that they kind of trot out every now and then for like a nostalgic, oh, remember how tough this character is? And then like Robin beats them. <laughs> and I mean, WWE Which is humiliating was, for everyone. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like Doomsday just gets smacked around by, by Wonder Woman who, I mean, she's not Superman's level. And, and Bane is just like, oh, he's just scared and in the background nowadays. And then, like, you think about the 80s in wrestling where King Kong Bundy came out and he was super strong and he broke Hulk Hogan's ribs. And then Hogan beat him at WrestleMania and he vanished. An earthquake came out and he was big and strong. And he also, I think, might have broken Hulk Hogan's ribs with some vertical splashes. <laughs> and then Hogan beat him and he just became a tag team guy. Or, I mean, that happened all the time when they would bring in big characters. I feel like it's happening to Braun Strowman, where they built him up and he was this big, huge, scary guy who could throw Mack trucks around. And now it's, oh, yeah, it's Braun Strowman. I remember him. He was he was interesting a year you ago. You want to tight sure. with a kid. Yeah, that, that's yeah. his kind of character. I mean, they how just have bad. this thing where... Go ahead. So I was going to say, how bad does your booking have to be when, like, you've got a man who looks like Braun Strowman and you're just used to it? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. like, he's an absolutely seven foot one or whatever the hell he is and, like, in an, an incredible shape. Like, an absolute spectacle, really. And WE have booked him so badly that we're just like, yeah, he's Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah, he's going to come out. He's going to push a car on its side and then, like, Elias will hit him with a guitar and three people will jump him and that'll be the end of him for the week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they it's, did that. There's a 100 issues, I think, to the issue. Superman died in Superman 75. And then in Superman number 175, he fought Doomsday again. But this was a version of Doomsday that had uh, gained intelligence somehow. And it was the worst comic ever because they kind of fought for a while. And then Superman was like, oh, the downside to being smart is that now you're smart enough to be afraid of death. And Doomsday was like, yeah, I'm afraid of death. And you killed me once. <laughs> and that was it. That was the whole fight. And then Superman just whipped him. And I was like, what are you doing? What are yeah, you doing that's... to this character who was so powerful and so interesting? And now he's just he's, he's a jobber. <laughs> Superman the jobber. <laughs> You just you turn Doomsday into an enhancement talent. Like he, he he just appears in the book with no entrance music, and you just get his name at the bottom. That's it. Probably misspelled. <laughs> yeah one one week he's Doomsday, and the next one he's like Doomsdayer. Ah, we couldn't be bothered Dumb. to remember. Doomsday. <laughs> Uh, it is sad though, and there's so many classic cases in wrestling of just so much misused talent. I, I think we can easily do a top five on that one day, Jesse, of just top five misused talent. Misused talent, oh, forgotten yeah. talent, like people who just come and go. 2003 to 2005 was a really funny time for this. You had Nathan Jones, Matt Morgan, Mordecai, Muhammad Hassan, um, Rene Dupree. Are just there's five. Just Sean O'Hare, right there. Sean O'Hare is another great one. 
Uh, just these people who weren't, I wouldn't say they were untalented particularly. Well, we never got a chance to see how good they actually could be. But they just came, they, they were actually pushed as a bit of a threat for a bit and then just completely disappear for one reason or another. And fans just move on. Yeah. yeah. And it's a shame. Mohamed Hassan's a head teacher at a, um, at like a really posh private school somewhere in America now. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hate I to see. I, some I hate to see what he Facebook. does to bad little kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sets the terrorists on them. No, I was um, going to say he summons his uh, his black masked underlings. I can't believe they got away with that. They didn't. Did they though? <laughs> they they, well, they should have gotten a lot more trouble than what they did. Well, that's true. You yeah, know, yeah. They, 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 they the brunt. That thank God it was on SmackDown. They caught it in time to edit it, didn't they? If it was like live on Raw or something, that would have been yeah. a real problem. Bad times, bad. Do better, WE. We're telling the fans <laughs> to do better, but do better. <laughs> it's a good me- message for everyone. Just everyone yeah. do a little bit better tomorrow than you did today. <laughs> if that's all you take away from this podcast, we'll be very happy. That's excellent. So I think. On to, on to our number one, our main event now. I'll try not to, to shit the bed on this one, but uh, I think it's a fair one. We're talking about similarities of, of wrestling and comic books, and I think that's fair to say because the, 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 the two fandoms really do marry up so perfectly. You know, in, in comic books, you've got big, strong men who, who fight and battle in wrestling. You've got exactly the same. As you mentioned, you've got good guys, bad guys, this this ongoing storyline that, that never ends. The similarities are ridiculous. And comics and pro wrestling themselves have crossed over for decades. The amount of comic books that are based on wrestling and people have made appearances, um, even, you know, Superman's had a wrestling match before. Spider-Man used his powers originally to be a pro wrestler, which... Happened he did, in the co- of course he did. Yeah? yeah, and we saw it in the movie. Fun side fact, um, which I only found Macho out man. earlier today, was that um, during all the stunt stuff, that was Christopher Daniels. Oh, really? Yeah, Christopher oh, Daniels was Spider-Man. Yeah. In the, are you talking about the Tobey Maguire films? Yeah, yeah. When oh, he was awesome. doing all the Kate stuff, it was uh, Christopher Daniels doing all the flippy stuff. Oh, that's nice. With yeah. bone saw. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, you know, Andre the Giants had his own comic book series, uh, Lucha Underground, we mentioned earlier, they released some comic books to help further their lore and continue that storyline going on. And um, even people crossing over, CM Punk wrote for, for Marvel for, for a while, doing a couple of stories. So there's always been kind of comic book wrestling in the sense of there were undertaker comics and there were macho man and one thing i found out is that they're actually allowed to write these characters so there was a series done by kevin nash for a while called nash and he got to write his own series ultimate warrior had one as well where he got to write and like build up his character uh and i was reading an interview with like marvel when they're talking about wrestlers coming in and, and writing for them and it's a sense of they know these characters. They they live these real life superheroes, and you, you see it bleed over. And I think CM Punk's a great example. You know, he came to the ring every time, and yeah, it's clobbering time. That's the best kind of crossover that you can have um, going forward. So I always find it interesting. So is your so hang on? So is your number one point just the whole theme of this podcast? I thought it was a nice wrap up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good wrap up, right? I, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll let you, you get away with that. Only because I'm in your team for some reason. So I, this has to be my number one as well. 
But it's true, though. You know, you got Jushin Liger. He's originally based off uh, a manga anime series. So there's always that kind of crossover between the two. Like, we've talked about the similarities here between the characters and stuff, but you forget that the two actually get into bed with each other quite often. And everyone's kind of happy to see those crossovers happen. Yeah, well, like you said, wrestlers are real-life superheroes. Like, to kids especially, you know, like, you could love Superman and Batman and stuff. But these wrestlers, you kids love them just as much, but they can actually, they're real people that they could go and see. Yeah, you can see them flying off the top rope and doing stuff that normal people... repeatedly humans... hitting their heads. And... Yeah, stuff that normal people shouldn't do. Yeah, and getting very unwell. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice seeing now, like, wrestlers embracing their kind of comic fandom. Uh, I mentioned CM Punk there, but also Finn Balor when he used to do kind of the Punisher paint. Uh, Johnny Gargano is a great example with his... Takeover inspired Marvel outfits. I still oh, think his Wolverine one was sick. One. I oh, loved Wolverine was cool as well. Wolverine was good. And Rey Mysterio, who used to do the WrestleMania themed ones. Yeah, yeah, he's done a couple. He's had a Captain America and a Joker and a, a Wolverine that just spring to mind. I mean, uh, Joker, he did Daredevil at 19. That was oh, really yes. cool. The Joker one always lives in my memory due to, to JR's uh, commentary call on that one. Where What did what did King say? He was like... Uh, uh, King, King said, looks like... Um, Looks like Rey Mysterio has taken inspiration from Heath Ledger. And then JR goes, um, well, it doesn't look like it. It looks like Rey's career is alive and well, King. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like, ooh. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite a good throwaway comment. It um, is. Talking, another, another Finn Balor one. He did a great Joker at Progress. Did you ever see that one? Yes, that one was good. I've seen that one online, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Did you know that Jerry Lawler's a massive Superman fan? Is he? Yeah, he um he's got a full size Superman figure in his collection. He collects um all the Coke products and comic book memorabilia. He's got like a whole room dedicated to Superman. I bet he's got a bedazzled T shirt with Superman's logo on that he likes to wear. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he um, was actually he was at New York Comic Con. There was a table and it had uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Lawler, and then also Gangrel and Joey Janela. Amazing. Which yeah. I thought was an odd group of people to all be at one table together. Were they yes. pulling the crowd? Was there a queue? Oh, yeah, no, it was huge. Nice. I mean, New York Comic Con was jam-packed to begin with, but I hit this part while I'm walking around, and I have come to a dead stop because there is just a, an unmovable mass of humanity in front of me. And as I finally wormed my way through, it was it was for them, yeah. Awesome. So that's the difference between uh, the sort of Comic-Cons you go to and the sort of ones we get in England, because the uh, last Comic-Con that was in my hometown um, had the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of our Comic-Cons usually just have Virgil. <laughs> yeah, Virgil's everywhere. I don't know how he does it. We always get, because um, I go to the ones in London, and I always know Haxel Jim Duggan's there, because I, I always just hear, hi Oh, Hacks <laughs> oh, was here. That's cool. That's cool. Um, Sting's a great example as well. Do you remember in TNA when he did his whole Joker stick? Yes. Yeah. That was weird. That was weird. It was, it was little... interesting though. Like he really pulled it off. It it took stale Sting, and I was I was invested in him again for a short period of time with that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He he did it well, but it was just uh, when he first did it, though, everyone was like, "What's he doing? <laughs> He's lost it." it. Does- you make a point though that um, wrestlers like people like um, Undertaker, Kane, Sting, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, people like that feel like they could have been lifted straight off the pages of a comic book, right? Like they they could have been comic book characters, 
and they all are over like were massive massive stars and i can't think of any wrestlers who had a gimmick that felt like it worked really well in a comic book that it that felt bad that didn't get over do you know what i mean was it just that, seems to be a really arachna man that brings a bell what was arachna man Arachna Man was a WCW guy who just wrestled once or twice, but he literally wore Spider-Man's costume, but instead of red yes. and blue, I think it was yellow and purple. Jesus, yes. you just did something to me, Rob. You know when like you've completely forgotten something, and then <laughs> like this wave of like nostalgia comes over you. I've completely forgotten about him. Amazing. Yeah, you're right. He's a massive exception to the rule. <laughs> Wonderful. So I think that kind of wraps up the comparisons and similarities between, and and I had a lot more. I I could have gone gone a lot more into that. I think that's not where the similarities end. Oh and yeah, no, not at all. It, it's it's ridiculous how much the crossovers are. Um, any final thoughts, Rob, about uh, the comic book versus wrestling world? Any words the of wisdom? The one thing, the one thing I wanted to say is, I don't know that I have ever joined or been a part of a comic book forum online that didn't have some kind of wrestling sub forum. Because, like you said, it's just so many of the people that are fans of one are also fans of the other. The crossover appeal has always been there because, yeah, you have these characters who Andre the Giant was essentially a living comic book character. Hulk Hogan with his hulking up from from peril was essentially a living comic book character. All these comparisons that we made with the good versus evil and the the independents versus the mainstreams of each. I mean, they've been all over the place and it's so easy to see why if you like one, the other is going to appeal to you. Yes, and I think that's something you can say to someone as, oh, you like comic books? What about wrestling? If oh, no, I don't like that, that, that fake shit, that, that's ridiculous. You, you <laughs> yeah, can... not like this real comic book yeah. where the Just... events are a documentary and have occurred in real time. <laughs> Just play them this uh, hour and a half podcast and uh, make them sit down and listen to it, and it will change their tune. <laughs> <laughs> that'll force it rob it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you you've been i'll say for myself and i hope jesse agrees one of our favorite guests that we've had on you've had great insight into into all of this oh i have i have loved being here it's been fantastic talking to you guys i i really appreciate you having me on i listen to your show frequently it's a great show i'm, I'm so happy to have gotten to take part in it no, no, yeah, like Max says, it's nice to have a bit of, uh, like, you've got good energy about you, which has been really nice as well. Well, now that I have your Malta fan, though, you'll never hear from me again. That's what I was just going to say. I'm going to run off with them. I'm going to get all the Malta crowd now. <laughs> that Malta God, if I see that drop to zero. <laughs> <laughs> that Malta fan's in the trunk of Rob's car. <laughs> Bag of Maltesers in his mouth. <laughs> One last time, Rob, because um, people have very short attention spans. Please plug where they can uh, find all of your good stuff. Uh, yeah, on any kind of podcast thing, just look for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Uh, and on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, we are at Got Stratosphere, and our website is gotstratosphere.com. Absolutely love awesome. it. Come back and do another one with us. I definitely want to. Don't say that if you don't mean it. I'll start pestering you. No, we'll do it. We'll do <laughs> no, we're definitely up for that. Pure wrestling one. Who's your favorite wrestler, like all time? All time? Uh, it's either... Sean Jericho or Daniel Bryan? Oh, okay. Excellent. Like, I think Excellent about choice. it in my head. If they all wrestled each other, who would I cheer for? Probably Bryan, but boy, it's hard to ignore Sean's career. That's true. Yes. Well, we've never done a top five Daniel Bryan matches. 
Oh, yeah, we definitely be in for that. There we go. Well, thank you once again, Rob. It's been an absolute pleasure. Make sure everyone goes check out Ghost of the Stratosphere. It is a hell of a podcast, so informative, and the guys are very funny and they know their shit, which is more important than anything. We try. So until next time, me and Jesse will be back with another show. Uh, I don't are we recording the- tomorrow? Oh, I don't know, Jesse. I'm just exhausted by all of this. So I've spoken to you so much this week. I think I might hate you now. <laughs> we said this was the risk. We said this was the risk. <laughs> uh, but where can they go if they want to see a not good website compared to Ghost of the Stratosphere? Yeah, if they want to see a pathetic PowerPoint presentation website compared to the Ghost of the Stratosphere website, they go to gotto5.com. Absolutely lovely. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. The main takeaway from this episode is be good to each other and don't be a dick. Thank you for joining us. I'm Max Curtin. He's Jesse Benz. Goodbye and good night.